So when I was a kid, I used to anticipate E3, um, especially for Nintendo news. But I didn't have the internet back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking when I was like 10 or 11. I got the internet when I was really, uh, by today's standards, uh, I was old, you know. And um, so th- what I had were uh, magazines, of course. But the magazines used to come out uh, usually a couple of weeks after E3, which, again, by today's standards, is crazy to wait a couple of weeks for news that happened two weeks before. So eventually what I started to do is I asked a friend of mine who had the internet at home, and we're talking about uh, 56K modern internet. I asked this friend of mine to print out the news from E3 from video game blogs, whether they were in Italian or in English, and to bring them to me at school. So... (laughs) I I spent the next two to three days obsessing over these paper sheets of very low-resolution screenshots of videos taken from games photographed at E3 in Los Angeles. And I used my highlighter to highlight the best news, and I for like the next 10 days, those paper sheets, those printed news, were my Bible. Now, I don't know how I feel about all of this, because I don't know how I feel about the news of Nintendo bringing a single game to E3 next month. And that game is... The only game that they will show is The Legend of Zelda, which is coming out on Wii U, and as as it turns out, as we kind of predicted, it's coming also to the Nintendo NX, which, by the way, is launching next year. But the only game... Is Zelda? Yeah, on, on mine and Federico's previous uh, game show on Relay FM, before we were lucky enough to be graced with the one and only Mr. Shahid, uh, we spoke about this a lot, and and I think we both called at the time that they were just going to keep delaying this game <laughs> until the NX was ready. I mean, because that's clearly what's because they've delayed it again. I mean, th- this is one of the funny things is like this: the news story is, oh, they're going to show Zelda off at E3. It's going to be coming in 2017 with the NX. But the other story is Zelda's delayed again because it was still meant to be coming this year, right? <laughs> they delayed it. They only delayed it to 2016, and now it's coming in 2017. Yes. It's, I think, the third delay, I think maybe. so. And it's not surprising because this game is so crazy looking. And, and, and I wonder, you know, holding it off for the NX and, and, and having them come out together, I still wonder if that's the best thing to do. Because I feel like you're going to be... If the NX is a more powerful console, they might be holding the game back a little bit to try and make them kind of comparable on the Wii U and the NX. I don't even know why they're bothering to release this on the Wii U now. Just cut it off. Like, this is the NX launch title. I, d- I don't really know... Why they're doing that? I don't think it helps sell the NX at all, does it? Really? Mm, I think it does, actually. Okay, uh, go ahead. Because when the, when Twilight Princess, um, so I lived in the uh, in the era when Zelda Twilight Princess was delayed and it came out in on the GameCube and on the Wii. Um, and Twilight Princess on the Wii was the perfect excuse to jump on the Wii on day one. Not that I that I wouldn't have done the same anyway. But it was, you know, uh, if only for the single, in retrospect, maybe minor gameplay addition of the Wii Remote used as a sword, but it was the perfect excuse to start using the Wii. And a Legend of Zelda game on on day one on a new console is not the kind of game that you play a couple of times and then you throw it away. Mm -hmm. It's a game that sticks with you for several weeks, you know? 
And so it makes sure that you spend time on that console and that while you're playing, maybe you take a few breaks, you go on the eShop, you check out other stuff. So it's a game that makes the console stick in the next, in the, in the first few weeks of, of uh, I mean, you know. I, I certainly agree that Zelda is the perfect launch title as well as an obvious Mario game. But I, what I'm saying is like, I don't think having Zelda on the Wii U helps sell the NX. Like, I don't know why. They're releasing it on the Wii U. Oh, because they made a promise, and they're uh, the huh. very. It's the kind of company that once they say it's coming out to this console, they don't break that promise. That's a really, really good point. Yeah, that they're, they're kind of staying true to their word, right? And that's yes. kind of making it a strange thing. Oh yeah, when when Twilight Princess came out on the GameCube and the, and the Wii. Uh, you could tell the, on the Wii that it was a GameCube game, with GameCube graphics, and the single addition of the Wii Remote Control, which wasn't even that great because a few years later they had to create the Wii Motion Plus and they had real motion controls in Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, so in Twilight Princess it was just you could make a slash and it was sort of like a fake slash in the game. So it sort of worked, uh, but you could tell that it was a GameCube game. Uh, I mean, the graphics were basically the same. Uh, there was the Wii remote control, but you know it wasn't a big deal. And uh, I know a few people who bought it on the GameCube. Uh, in fact, I think one <laughs> one of the differences between the GameCube version and the Wii version is that the Wii version is actually mirrored. It like the entire game is flipped. Uh, because of the uh, Nintendo wanted to adjust Link holding the sword with the right hand to uh, accommodate people using the Wii Remote, mostly with the with the right hand. Doesn't make sense to me why you'd flip it only on one. <laughs> like if you're gonna make that decision, why not just do it? For, make the game that way. I weird. Okay, Shahid, I need you to to help me with this here. So. Nintendo are coming to E3 in their limited way that they have for the last few years with just Zelda, and they said that their Direct is going to be just Zelda, nothing more about the NX. Apparently the NX is launching in about 10 months' time, and we're not going to be seeing it. Is this weird? No, I I don't think it's weird now that we've got radically compressed product launch cycles. Clearly, they've been working on this for a while, right? And I would imagine they want to eke out the remaining sales or whatever they've got in the channels. I think they they want to sell through whatever software they've got as well. But I don't think that's a real reason. They're going to get it out as quickly as they can. I wouldn't be surprised if they delayed it again, to be frank. Because it really does seem like a short, short time, right? It's like it is, but they've been working on it a while, you know. I, I mean, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna be a problem. It doesn't sound. I mean, to me, it doesn't sound like um, a huge announcement. I mean, you know, if you're if if you're only allowing ten months, okay, product launches now take a lot less time than they've ever done. Manufacturing is. Um, a lot more automated than it's ever been. We all know how to, I say we all know, large companies now know, and even small companies now know how to get from design to launch of any product to a global market in an ever shorter time. So none of that's a surprise. But we're talking about one of the most important companies, and to some people's minds, the most important uh, video game company in the world, certainly in terms of impact over the long haul, not really sounding massively confident. I mean, do you think that a 10 months from announcement to launch sounds like a confident company? 
Well, it's not even going to be that, right? Because mm. they said that like they, we haven't even got the name of the console. We don't know what it looks like. We know nothing about it. So yeah. what are we going to get? Maybe like six months? It's very weird to me. Because basically, this is weird because this isn't how it's done in video games. Right. What's the, what's the rationale for it? I mean, you, you know, take take a really confident company like Apple, for example. They don't need any lead time, you know. Hello, here's our new product. Oh, by the way, it's available today, you know. That's a confident company. But on the other hand, you have other extremes where uh, the, the likes of PlayStation and Xbox can announce something way in advance and generate huge excitement. Not only that but to ride the wave of that excitement without people getting bored or tired of it. This this just sounds sounds like it's not really been well thought through. It doesn't sound like a confident company to me. It seems like there's a precedent, at least in Nintendo's history to me. Uh, I remember the Wii, before being known as the Wii, was codenamed Revolution. And it was known as Revolution for like two years, or maybe even more. And Nintendo even talked about the Nintendo Revolution at E3 um, 2004. And I'm pretty sure that the name Wii was announced officially in April 2006. And the console was shown at E3 2006, so two years later. For two years, people talked about the Nintendo Revolution, if my timeline is correct. And I'm pretty sure that it is. Right, but that's, that's, that's normal. Yeah. Right. Like that's not uh, calling just the code name isn't really the thing here. Like ta- no. they spoke about it for two years. We've known about this NX for maybe six months, and then mm-hmm. it's coming out in March, and we don't know a shred of information. There's going to be an event sometime this year, and they'll say, "Yeah, it's called the Nintendo blah blah," and it's coming out in you know, by the end of March. I think we'll be fine. I I don't think the timeline is a big deal, honestly. Hmm. It it just feels weird to me. It's like if if they're really making huge steps, shouldn't shouldn't they really start talking about it now? Like I don't understand the benefit of not showing this at E three or even giving us any information at E three. It just feels like a very strange uh, way of doing things. I I think they're sort of scared of E uh, three news from Sony and Microsoft, and they kind of want to avoid comparisons between whatever is going on with PS4K and the possible Xbox One and a half (laughs) revision. So they sort of want to stay out of the comparisons. And maybe this is the reason why they're bringing just one game. Well, I mean, lesson learned from Microsoft and Sony um, in the the Xbox One PS4 launch, like Sony completely botched their presentation from Mm -hmm. from what the gamers believed and saw of it. And we spoke about this before. Sony learned from it, adapted, and had a better marketing message going forward. I mean, I would hope that Nintendo are just waiting, as you say, so they can see what what's the best place for us from a marketing perspective based on what our competitors are doing. You know, it's an interesting strategy uh, because by bringing just one game and by staying out of the hardware news with the console. So if you buy, if you bring a bunch of disappointing games... Uh, then everyone's going to talk about your bunch of disappointing games. If you bring just one game and, you know, people are going to ex- expect and anticipate that game, that game is going to be an event. Everyone's going to be talking about that game. There's going to be Sony games, Microsoft games, and Zelda, which is, you know, kind of different. And if, by keeping the NX out of the news, you create even more hype. 
which of course is a double-edged sword because it, you know it, if the hype is uh, if the console doesn't live up to the hype in the future, that's going to be a problem. But at least for now, uh, Nintendo is in the in the position where they have just one game. Everyone's gonna be talking about the game most likely, and everyone's gonna be expecting some major news from the console wh- whenever that is. And I and I guess it'll be later this year. I think it's like wh- when I first heard about it, it was sort of. I was like, okay, this is dumb. I don't understand what they're doing. But now in, in they're in a tough spot, right? And I think being in, in that spot, in that difficult situation, they have devised probably the most clever solution <laughs> for now, which is let's make Zelda an event and not show anything else. This episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you'll no longer need to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You'll be able to access your intranet, which will include your task list, your status updates, all of your documents from wherever you want to be. Igloo create an internet product that has everything that you want in it and is accessible from everywhere, from all your devices, no matter what the screen size, no matter where you are. It's fantastic. You can also really customize Igloo as well to fit the design and look and feel of the teams inside of your organization. You can give it the colors that you like and you can also give each team the functionality that they need to get their work done. Igloo has its own document collaboration engine, which has red receipts built in, so you can see who has seen a document. It can also integrate with services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox. They have 256-bit encryption, single sign-on, and Active Directory integrations. If you're using an intranet product, no matter what you think of it, you're going to love Igloo even more. It's time to break away from the internet that you hate. The best thing is, you can try it out for free with any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. Just go to igloosoftware.com slash remaster to learn more and sign up today. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and Relay FM. You spoke about the hype, though. I mean, and what the hype means is that you're not in control of the message of your product. Mm-hmm. Because right now, all we have is rumors, speculation, and, and wild claims. So where are we right now? Like, what are people thinking that the NX is going to be? What are the rumors? And, and kind of how is that starting to shape up? Well, we, again, we, we don't know a lot in terms of details. Uh, we've heard... Well, we know nothing, right? Like, we, there are rumors, but we don't know anything. No, we don't know. We yeah. don't know any factual, uh, you know, uh, detail beside the name NX. What we've known from people who spread rumors is uh, that the NX will have a larger game library than the Wii U ever had. Um, Quite possibly, there's going to be a stronger launch library than the Wii U. Um, We know that the controller will have some form of innovation from Nintendo again. We don't know what kind. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are are kind of gesturing towards the controller actually also being the next generation handheld as well. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, the rumor of DNX being a portable, like a hybrid of a home console and a portable console. And we've heard all kinds of crazy speculation about Nintendo doing its own uh, wireless protocol for game streaming. Nintendo wanting to do uh, a sort of feature that you leave the console at home and you can stream the game over cellular on the go. All sorts of crazy rumors. Um, 
We know that it's coming out next year. We don't know the price point. Uh, we know there's going to be Zelda. We don't know about any other games. There's a rumor of Namco working on uh, Super Smash Bros. for an X Radiant launch. But again, it's rumor. And there's going to be Mario, right? Like, there hasn't been a Mario game in think a long so. time. You'd like to think that the Mario team... like The reason we got Mario Maker is because the Mario team were working on like Galaxy 3 or something. The right. last game, the last Mario game on the Wii U is Super Mario 3D World, which yep. is a couple of years ago now. Yep. So, I mean, I would like to think that the team that works on those games is working on an NX launch game. I think so. I think I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, just imagining, you know, uh, Zelda, Mario, Super Smash Bros. Metroid. Um, <laughs> don't, don't talk about that. Come on. <laughs> don't tease me. Don't tease me. Don't do that to me, Mike. I mean, I've seen the rumor that Retro Studios is working on a, on a new game, but, you know, I don't want to get my hopes too high. But especially straight after. Up, right? Like, we're, we're, see, mean, this is the problem with the hype because we're doing this now, but straight up, NX launches. It's some kind of crazy new console with some new thing, mm-hmm. and it has Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. Mm hmm. I mean, that's crazy. It's game over, man. <laughs> like, the amount of money that I'll end up giving to Nintendo, right? Because I will buy all of the games <laughs> at once. That's an exciting prospect. Shahid, right? That's exciting. If they if they do that. I mean, this we're now putting words into their mouth. But if they do that, that's got to be a great coup for them. Oh, it'd be great for their core market, which is a pretty big market as far as console games goes. But... You know my feelings on this. I reckon they should retire some of their old characters or use them as mascots and and innovate. Oh, we we haven't kicked you off the show yet, but you did. <laughs> I mean, clearly they've got enormous talent. Well, look, Splatoon Two will be the other one, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you're coming up with new hardware, and you know it's going to be called Splatoon, right? <laughs> oh, Mike! Oh, Mike! With the number in the middle. That's what they're doing. I'm going to say this right now. Splatoon. <laughs> oh, Mike. Now, I reckon if, if they're going to do some radical new control, then they they tend to use that as a way of reinventing older IP. I can't see them breaking that mould. And I said what I'd like them to do, but I don't think they'd do that. Clearly, they're going to reinterpret some of their um, much-loved older IPs for that new control. That's what makes sense. Because then that acts as a reference, you know? It's almost like, you know, like when um, when you have these standard example um programs uh, shipped as part of sdks you know there's playstation typically have always done a duck thing right well when you do a console launch there are some franchises people expect to see and if they reinterpret controls in a way that kind of sets a reference for everybody else and you look at uncharted the way that used the vita controls for example you know it wasn't the case of this is the best version of uncharted it was hey um developers have a look at how we're using the vita maybe you could use the vita like this or come up with your own cool stuff so i think if they did come out with some interesting new controller and all of those ips yeah they're going to sell loads but i think it would be more a statement from them about how to use their stuff happened with the wii as well of course you know wii sports and so on yeah you know they're going to do that like that's the one thing nintendo i think knows how to do better than anybody else right now in the gaming space is like you create some kind of innovation and then create a game to display it yeah totally they are awesome at that because nintendo land is awesome Mm -hmm. on the wii u like it's the best representation of the wii u like uh, and and the way all the gamepad works and everything it's a great game but 
there kind of hasn't been any other game that really took advantage of it. But Nintendo Land was good. <laughs> it was the only game that took advantage of yeah. the Wii U, we could say. So, so yeah, that, that's the thing with these new features. It might well be that they that the first party, in any case, Nintendo or otherwise, takes advantage of a feature. But that doesn't necessarily mean to say it's a good feature, right? Yeah, they make a good game around it, but clearly nobody else really... Like, you know, like Splatoon didn't even really take advantage of the gamepad in any meaningful way, you know? Like, mm. I think Nintendo as a company ended up giving up on the gamepad as a as a, a thing that made sense to them. And I expect that the NX will have shadows of the gamepad in there. Like, I think that they will have a second screen, you know, mm-hmm. built in. But it will make sense, I hope, you know, if we're looking at the rumors, it will make sense to have that second screen because that's the screen you'll use to play on that controller when you're away from home. Right? So, like, the, the, the realization of that controller having a screen in it will be because you need it when you don't have the TV there. And then it won't be so important that games interact with the second screen as much. Um, that That's what I hope. And, and that the second screen will start to become more of what the DS's second screen is, which is a lot of time is maps and stuff like that, but is useful, but only really be useful in the times when you need it, as opposed to trying to build whole games around the fact that there are two screens, which frankly, in the home space, just didn't work. But this isn't the only uh, crazy rumor that we've got right now. No. <laughs> what is going on with cartridges? So I read this article on Ars Technica, and basically some people figured out that one of the companies that supplies the flash chips used in cartridges in the past, and the same company that supplied the, 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 the cartridge components to Nintendo for the Nintendo back in the day of the Nintendo 64. And I assume it's the 3DS currently, right? And I assume it's the same company, yes. Um, Basically, they are projecting a growth uh, by the end of the the Q1 or Q2 2017, which would coincide with the preparation for the NX launch in March 2017. And so these people are speculating if this company is projecting this kind of growth, and if that kind of growth doesn't come from, uh, you know, existing components, um, it's likely that, uh, you know, it's possible maybe that the Nintendo NX could use uh, cartridges again instead of going with the uh, optical discs. And there's a few reasons that I want to talk about this, especially because I want to know what Shahid thinks. Uh, should Nintendo switch back to cartridges? What would the advantages be? Uh, what about costs, you know? Uh, because the article says... Uh, now it would actually be a good time to switch back from discs to flash cartridges uh, because of the loading times could be faster uh, on a on a cartridge. Uh, optical discs take a lot to load uh, these days; they're slow, and the component, you know, the optical disc reader uh, takes a lot of space inside of the console, and maybe it could even bring you know a certain uh, physical aspect to buying video games. You know, the cartridge is you know, is is in line with what Nintendo did in the past. And also another kind of crazy speculation, uh, making the the box for the cartridges is, you know, requires less plastic. So it's a, it's a smaller package and Nintendo could save on costs there. But Shade, you've been for a long time in the industry and I want to know what you think of switching from disc to, to cartridge again. Is that a good idea? Is that crazy? That- these are really great questions. They go right back to Atari days. And I'm talking about Atari VCS days. 
And I think it boils down to two things. The first is having a look at this from a historical perspective. And the second is looking at it from a technological and market perspective. So I'm just going to wrap those two things up separately. Historically, cartridges have been expensive. They've always been more expensive than um, than just about any alternative around. Of course, in the early days, there was no alternative to cartridge um, apart from floppy disk, and floppy disk was notoriously unreliable. So if you go back to Atari VCS days, why did Atari VCS fail? Because they started producing really bad quality games, and that precipitated the crash. Nintendo stepped in and upped the game for cartridge. And what they did that Atari failed at controlling was they turned games into toys. And when I say that, I mean people knew they were going to have a fun, um, surprising, reliable experience every single time they bought a Nintendo game. And one of the ways they did that, did that control or achieved that control was by making the games themselves. And that's what cemented their reputation. And that's why people love them. People love Nintendo because they made amazing games that were fun, reliable, had very few bugs and featured amazing characters told, you know, told in great stories and great mechanics. And of course, Atari failed because they just took the mick. You know, they they shipped substandard games that were like, imagine a toy company shipping a product that upsets kids in some way. You never do that, right? If you do that, you're, you're history. So from a historical perspective, there is that, but there is also convenience. You put a cartridge in, you get going, and I miss those days. You know, if I'm speaking like an old fogey, it's because I miss the days of grabbing a cart, sticking it into a machine, turning it on, and off you go. I mean, that is a wonderful experience, and we have lost that. Nowadays, my experience of console and the supplies across the board is... Either you start something up, like uh, whether, whether it be downloaded or whether it be a disc, doesn't really matter. You start it up, first thing you've got to do is a console system software <laughs> yes. update, right? So my time is gone. And then the next thing you've got to do is you've got to download a game patch. And you've got to download the game patch. You've got no choice. Yeah. Like Uncharted will be arriving here today right. for PS4. And I'm just getting ready for, like, because I'm not going to be able to play it probably as soon as it arrives, but I'll put the game in as soon as it arrives because I'll need to wait for six hours before I can play it. Right. And can you imagine? I mean, the PSN servers are going to be slammed. Yeah. And they're, they're not the fastest in the world as it is. So there is that. You've lost the immediacy, which means it's no longer a toy. It's a digital experience, and everyone's got used to waiting as part of the new digital experience. So if we look at it in terms of history cartridge has a massive appeal in terms of the immediacy of delivery of a great experience and boy do i miss that it's one of the biggest things i miss if i were to ever design a console today i would ensure that games no matter what medium they're distributed through would be able to be played immediately now that that's a different story so let's look at the um current issues so a technological perspective and um and a cost perspective so from a technology perspective, yeah, flashcards have got a lot cheaper, but I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. You could still distribute a game digitally as long as you were able to download it quickly enough. And I don't think it would be a big deal just to have a one-off download that doesn't require continuous updates. But it would also require a new philosophy um, in, in terms of console system software that wouldn't require you to com continually update that. 
And in a modern connected world, the problem is because you have security issues, system software is going to need to be updated. That's just the world we're in. So as soon as you've enabled the internet, the whole idea of a cartridge being um, an island of form has gone away. So you would have your cartridge, but it would probably still need updates from time to time. Sure. So there is the expense factor, but it's not the biggest factor. I mean, one of the reasons uh, I think that um, cartridge went away was not so much the the cost of the medium itself, because you know you can just add add cost to it. Let's say, for example, a cartridge is a much better medium for the customer because that's what it's about let's say people prefer cartridges and they're they're quite happy to pay the premium that premium that they pay would cover any cost differential so that's not the issue you know if if i know that i'm going to get a new version of mario kart for nintendo nx on cartridge and it's going to give me a better experience i'll pay 10 20 quid extra for it no problem at all um, Federico, you rem- I remember we were talking about this recently. Our time is valuable, right? We want the best. Yep. We're happy to pay a little bit extra for it. So that's not the issue. The issue is that it takes longer to master these things. And if you're going to take longer to master, then you might as well take longer to get things right, which means a much longer um, creation period uh, for, for the end game. So we're talking about longer QA period, uh, we're talking about longer mastering period, longer distribution period as well, because we're talking about physical medium, that applies to discs as well. But manufacture itself is it's not as bad as it used to be. But all in all, you're still talking about a much longer turnaround for the end product than you'd have with um, digital distribution. So all of these factors come into play, but they are not the be-all and end-all. The problem is this. As soon as you have a connected device, you cannot go back to that old world. You can't uninvent the internet. That's the problem. My thing about the cartridges is I like the retro feel of it, though. You know? Yeah, like, me too, yeah. Putting a cartridge in the machine and, and let it roll. Like, you've got to put something in, and why not it be a cartridge rather than a disc? And if it helps them from a cost perspective, there might be some things that they could do interestingly. Like, you could save games directly to the cartridge instead of having to do it in the cloud, which I know seems kind of antiquated, but if I was taking the game to somebody else's house, I'd prefer to just have the save on the the cartridge as opposed to dealing with whatever madness you have to try and deal with, you know, to try and get your save somewhere else these days. You know, the convenience factor of just swapping cartridges with the with the save data on them, I think it's still I'm super convenient. I've always loved I mean I'm a fan of cartridges, whatever. <laughs> I know that they were expensive before for companies. Yep. I just I like them. I still love them on the three DS. And let's say if we're gonna go down this uh, one console route right like that it's home and handheld it makes sense to have cartridges because mm-hmm. you can take the cartridges from machine to machine and they're smaller yeah right if you got you can't really i mean i i love you shahid but sony tried to do optical discs right it's got some version of optical discs <laughs> and they're a nightmare remember umd right like the whole way of putting them into the console was a nightmare yeah. with the real kind of janky door that had to pop down Cartridges work way better, I think, for this hey, type of stuff. Hey, listen, you you forget. I had to try and sell these damn things to developers. <laughs> How do you think I felt? <laughs> yeah, it was not easy. Sucks, right? Sucks. Yeah, Those totally. discs, I hated them. Oh, my God. It was the first thing I had to do. There was a reason Nintendo stuck to the cartridges, right, for, for the 3DS. Hey, you know, there are, there are actually two consoles in the market right now that still use cartridges, the 3DS and the Vita. Yeah, does anybody buy those though? Like, I feel like everybody that has the Vita just downloads games. It's interesting in the in the West, there's more of an emphasis on cartridges, huh. 
and in Japan for the Vita, there's more of an emphasis on downloads. Which you know, you would have thought it'd be the other way around. But uh, then there yeah. are these these people, a hardcore minority, who buy every cartridge going. They they scare me though. I have to say. <laughs> uh, before uh, we wrap up, though, I mean, as well as the announcement of Zelda being the playable game at E3 and the NX coming in 2017, mm-hmm. there was uh, an announcement of the next two mobile games, uh, Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem. These feel like the games that we were expecting right instead of mitomo um they're going to be coming out we don't actually know when soon i guess probably this year at least one of them um and basically nintendo has said that they're looking for these games to be profitable on their own but also create synergy with the dedicated video game business so i would expect that these games will then integrate with the nx versions um that will come later on. Yeah. Uh, and they're probably going to have some pretty heavy tie-ins. And uh, Kimishima said that the company seeks to offer a connection between the smart device application and the world of Animal Crossing on dedicated video game systems. Now, there isn't mm. an Animal Crossing due for Wii U. It's very unlikely that there'll be one. Uh, so I would expect that this will tie in with potentially another launch title in the next Animal Crossing game. Animal Crossing is the one that I have always thought would be the one that will come first. Yes. I'm very interested to see what they've learned from Mitomo to adapt that to Animal Crossing because there's definite tie-ins between the two games. Uh, but an Animal Crossing kind of world-building game like you see with, um, you know, is that game We Rule and you've got like Heyday and all those types of games. That really feels like mm-hmm. a world that Animal yeah. Crossing could play in. Yeah, it's very smart to have, you know, Animal Crossing is based on a persistent world, and to have that with a ubiquitous device, you know, that's always with you, you can always check on your village, your neighbors, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I'm curious to see how it'll be structured, uh, not just graphically, but in terms of uh, uh, freemium play, you know, I don't, I really don't want to see Nintendo making heyday on, uh, on the, on the iPhone. But I think they can strike a they can strike a, a good balance, and I'm curious to see. Actually, um, I've read this article on Nintendo's uh, clever strategy with Mitomo, in that they're using Mitomo to collect data about their users in a in a funny, engaging way. I'm curious to see if in the future, uh, if you played Mitomo before and you download one of these other apps or games for, for the iPhone, the content will be tailored to you based on what you did in Mitomo. It's unlikely, but I mean, they're co- they are collecting a lot of data about players with Mitomo, like what you like, um, what outfits do you collect, you know, what sort of responses do you, do you set in the game. And I think there's potential to kind of have some of the, of the stuff that you do in Mitomo, uh, you know, be available in Animal Crossing, but I don't know. Uh, Fire Emblem is interesting. I wasn't expecting to see Fire Emblem on a, on a, on a mobile device. Uh, I've always talked about, you know, WarioWare would make a lot of sense, you know, with the mini games. But now they're doing a, a strategy game with the uh, role-playing elements. That that's interesting. I do wonder, however, if they'll do a card-based Fire Emblem. You know. Mm-hmm. In, it's not really a strategy game. Yeah, you you use sense. trading card game more on on that line. I don't know. It, it's interesting. We'll see. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INSERTCOIN at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With super easy-to-use tools and fantastic-looking templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace makes it really easy to build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't need to know anything about building websites. All you need to do is go to Squarespace, sign up, and play around. You get to very easily drag and drop things around your site so you can make it look and feel as you like. They have beautiful templates that you can customize to give it your own flair as well. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to ensure security and stability, and they have a 24-7 support team, so they're there in case you need anything. They have the cover page functionality to build single page websites. They have rock solid fast hosting. They give you a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And they also have their Squarespace commerce platform, which will allow you to build a store to your site. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and you can sign up today for a free trial at squarespace.com. And then when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code insert coin to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for remaster. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. As we were recording this episode, the news broke of the Pokemon Sun Moon trailer with uh, the information of the new starter trio. Mm-hmm. This looks amazing. Like, yes. So it's everything that we loved about the previous games, especially like X and Y. Um, the big world, uh, 3D play. It's in real 3D this time. Yeah. I mean, the perspective is like the character is taller. And yeah, I mean, have you seen how he runs across the city? Like there's cars and people. It looks like real 3D. <laughs> mm-hmm. So oh, they've really put a lot of work into this one. It seems like the world is kind of like a Hawaii type. Yeah. Like if they took it like a paradise island. So it's a, a different kind of setting. Um, graphically, it looks fantastic. So we have three new starter Pokemon. We have um, Litten, a mm-hmm. fiery kitten. I really love him. <laughs> uh, Poplio, which is like a water type seal looking Pokemon. This is one I find interesting. Uh, Rowlet which is a grass and flying. Yeah. So Rowlet comes with a different type of advantage because it is a dual type in a starter, whilst the other two are singular. So that's where you start to get into some tricky decisions there because whilst, I mean, I agree with you that Litten is the cutest ever. Oh my God. (laughs) Rowlet, I like the idea of grass flying as a starter. This Mm. game is amazing. (laughs) I can tell already. November 18th, 2016. I've already put it on my calendar. I cannot wait. But I think it's, uh, yes, it's November 23rd for us (sighs) in Europe. Yeah, it's five days later. It's 18th in Australia, New Zealand, and North America, 23rd in Europe. Why did I do this to me? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that my video game store owner friend can hook me up with the copy <laughs> beforehand. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm coming to Italy. <laughs> what do you think of the legendary Pokemon on the cover? Uh, I'm going to get Sun, because I just love the, the Sun legendary. Yeah, I don't know yet. Looks epic. 
don't really know much about them. We have like kind of a fi- what looks like a fiery wolf. Yeah, it's- and then maybe like a psychic flying or something, or like a dark or you know butterfly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, an interesting looking set there. So yeah, my my hype is uh, I'm on the hype train, yep. Mike. Uh, we always are. I mean, you know, Shahid is is conspicuously quiet over there, but me and Federico are so in on every single Pokemon <laughs> game ever. I had no idea. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you don't know that about us? We're not giving that away? So, you know, I, I put my, my Pokemon Yellow um, playthrough on hold for the past few weeks because I needed to finish my iOS 10 uh, mm-hmm, concept mm-hmm. story. I needed to kind of catch up with the site. My 3DS has been plugged in on the uh, with the power outlet for the past few weeks, paused in Pokemon Yellow where I got like 30 hours so far. Now I'm going to finish that you game. You save it and turn it off, you know. No, 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 no. It's more of a statement if I <laughs> keep it plugged in. <laughs> it reminds me that I got to finish the game. Yeah, I need to finish it too. I yeah, was and really then I'm going to... I don't know if I'm going to jump on X and Y properly because I never really played them properly. Oh, it's so good. Or uh, Ruby Alpha? What's it called? You know, the remake of Ruby. I even ho- yeah. own the game. Alpha Ru- Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire? Is that the name? Something yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I gotta choose. But I think I'm gonna go with Omega Ruby. We'll see. They were good. I enjoyed those. Yeah. And there was the whole extra part at the end of it. Oh, um, man. I, oh, this looks so good. I'm so excited. Okay. Bring on November. Yes. And Litton. It's so cute. <laughs>